Welcome to Tough Love, the love and relationship podcast with me, Mairead Lachman, matchmaker, dating specialist and the founder of Love HQ Matchmaking. And me, Stephanie Regan, clinical psychotherapist and relationship specialist. This week, Mairead, we will be speaking about the changing roles in relationships. I suppose we're trying really to have a look at this, not so much from the big, broad sociological perspective, but from the point of view of what we hear in the room, what we hear from women and from men, what they're struggling with, the the kind of disconnect that seems to be there between what people expect and what's available, and that kind of hangover effect of traditional roles and how they are changing. So that's where we're going today. I think it's really important, and I think it's a conversation that needs to be had, because I think a lot of people don't know where they fit in. You know, and I think that's a very big part of dating and relationships. Mairead, many listeners may not be aware that divorce only became legal in Ireland in 86. That is less than 30 years ago. And the the ferocious arguments that were around at that time, and that is only 30 years ago. So, so that kind of the thinking about marriage wrecking and people not valuing marriage and relationship and all those kind of arguments, that kind of thinking is very close to the surface. Mm-hmm. in people's minds in different age groups and that's why I think it's really important just to mention it here because we can't just assume that everybody knows this um, another Im- interesting one is that contraception was only legalised here in 1980 I actually recently watched a documentary on that about um, the people that were obviously protesting for what was it campaigning for yep. um, going up to Belfast have you watched that of and course. when they got up there they had no prescriptions so they yes. had to buy buy paracetamol and bring it down for the media shots that they had tablets you know and I just think it's brilliant it's yes. like regardless we're getting this stuff done and look thankfully they did but on but on the the, the very serious note of it the truth is that was when freedom began for yes. women in Ireland, yeah, 1980, when, when sex could become something that yeah. they could enjoy without fear. Like that's pregnancy. not even, like that's more than my lifetime. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Just over my lifetime. So it's like insane um, that, the, yeah. that it's just, just such a new a new thing. Such a new thing and such an important thing. So yeah. that's, where we're going to, that's what we're going to talk about today. I suppose if we start, maybe if we think about our own parents and yeah. the kind of messages I always say to people, like, think about the kind of messages you got in your own home yeah. about and, and think about that in terms of what you expect and what you're looking for in relationships. And yeah, I often think that people, when they come to me, um, their expectation of the partner they would like will very often depend, uh, even for men and for women that come to me, will depend on whether or not their mother worked outside the home. As to because yeah. it's a huge part of how they grew up and I suppose their family unit. I find that men, this is just a personal observation, but I find that men that whose mothers worked outside the home or had their own business and things like that are probably a little bit more comfortable with a successful lady that has maybe a career or has some sort of career focus yeah. more so than men that potentially their mothers were homemakers. Um, and as well for women and what their expectation is of the man, depending on whether their mum worked outside the house or not. So it, it's coming through still. It's only one generation, really, yep. uh, as to whether or not um, that freedom and that education level in women. Now, I would probably would be the exception to an extent. My grandmother was self-employed. 
she owned a knitting factory and had 50, 60 employees, um, which would have been... exceptions, as There you was say. Exceptions. exceptions, yeah, absolutely. You know. My mum was self-employed, I'm self-employed. So mm. there is exceptions, absolutely. But still, my granny's know. relationship would have been a lot more traditional. So it's nice to be able to see it kind of yes. throughout the generations. And I, I'm always kind of struck by how very traditional sort of the motivate you know that people still want a very traditional kind of relationship of course there is variation you know coming into play but still the people that i am meeting they still are looking for a very traditional relationship a kind of traditional marriage unit mm-hmm. um i know we we talk about different kind of types of of unit being set up now where it's much more open relationships people aren't marrying instead they are just you know living together and building the security mm-hmm. but for me, I, I, I think it's quite interesting that the marriage still holds a huge attraction for people. It's not just about legalities and security. Yeah, It's seen really almost like, like the still the top well, of the tree, if you like, in terms of a declaration. Yeah, it is a strength. Now, I suppose some people, for, for them it is, some people perhaps not always, but I think in general it is. I also think that, um, you know, a lot of women... Um, still regardless of of what their thing you know what their feeling is on feminism and um their role within society and everything i think still most of the women and i would say a very huge percentage of the women that come to me still want to be treated like a lady yeah now they want to be independent but they want to be treated like a lady uh, and i think a lot of men still want a feminine lady yes um, and I mean by the kindness, those sorts of characteristics, the kind of homeliness of the female. Mm. Um, and you women, talk a lot about that with the yeah, know, the male, masculine. I really idea. talk so much about masculine and feminine energy because I think it's so muddled. Yeah. I think it is so muddled in modern society, in so muddled in relationships, and I think that's where a lot of career women are going wrong um, or successful women. We, I'm going to say those words. I don't know if this is the right uh, kind of label for it. Women, yeah, high, high achieving, achieving women. ambitious, yeah. all of that. I think that's where they're going wrong. And, you know, unfortunately, there's the radio answer and then there's the, the real life answer because it does need to be filtered to an extent. So that's why I'm glad we're having this conversation yeah. today. I was reading a very interesting uh, study that was done in Harvard University about um, women who are, you know, high achieving, mm-hmm. um, you know, high levels, business executives, you know, academics, lawyers, that kind. And, that, you know, that kind of level, if you like, of functioning. Mm-hmm. And 33% of those women, it, more than 33%, in fact, in the 41 to 55 age bracket had no children. So yes. they've, they're really looking into this, the, the kind of the myth of having it all. Yes. That for a lot of for a lot of women. There, we've we've all been encouraged out there into mm-hmm. our you know into great careers. We've 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 got the opportunities now. Okay, you can talk about the the glass ceiling. That's another issue. But yep. in reality, I mean, I'm as we said, twenty five years older than you. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in any way feeling that I had a limitation. So I feel like yes. I feminism never. Yeah, meant so much to me because I just didn't feel I had to push yeah. against it. Um, maybe it was the career I chose or whatever. But for a lot of women, they really did have to push against it. And I mean, obviously, we're hugely thankful for all of that, yeah. for those freedoms. But the point is that those freedoms have brought us now to a point where we have the career we want, the strengths we want, yeah. the, the equality that we mm-hmm. want. And I certainly love and like all of that. But what has it done to what we want for men? Yes. What do we want them for? And um, 
I think when people, women who are very successful, and I don't put myself in that category mm-hmm. in the sense that I would see this more in people who've worked even harder than me, you know, in terms yeah. of building um, corporate careers and all of that. They, I don't think it's just about the male energy, I, I, you know, in them and, mm-hmm. and that drive to be, uh, that they need to invest in their career. And I think it is also that men like women who are, a little less confident than that. Yes. And so a woman needs somebody a little more and there just aren't enough men who have enough I for know. women with that level of education and that level yes. of confidence because that's what you get when you become successful. Yeah. And like I was reading recently um, that twice as many women in the US are graduating from university than men. Oh, yeah. So the figures are actually double the uh, that women are, are graduating and you know what you're talking about there um is you know the bigger energies and stuff like that so the science really behind it is women are hypergamous um what hypergamous means is the action of marrying or forming a sexual relationship with the person of a superior soci- sociological or educational background essentially what that means is ladies like to date across their so- up across their level yes. and up we're not yeah. social level but all levels and up. yes it's why when people come to me when ladies come to me for matchmaking they want to meet a guy that's taller um slightly older now this is the exception like this is like the sorry the general you know yeah, there is exception. always exceptions yeah but what we're finding is um that you know women do want to meet a man that's generally taller um that is older that is potentially higher kind of social status whether that's educational and then that has more money and the reason being for that and it tends to be is that because when women have children they are a lot more vulnerable and they automatically are in a more vulnerable position. So therefore they're trying Absolutely. to get someone that keeps them at least on their same level, if not less. And it's a scientific thing. It's not of something course. I'm, it's I'm how making we've up. Evolved. Yes. It's how we've evolved to um, choose people. I know. To choose men who will, who, who, yeah. whose, whose um, uh, gene pool will survive. And, and that's, you know, that's what we're looking for. And that's the instinct. And the flip side of that is men are hypogamous. So um, hypogamy is the act of marrying someone of a lower social or economic class than your own. Hypogamy has been found to be practiced more by men than women. And, you know, some people say like, oh, women are, some men say to me, well, women are only after me for my money or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's not that. It's the... It is the security of it all. It's the safety of it all. It's kind of like, well, they're there trying to keep your baby alive, that you're Mm. out there kind of hunter-gathering to a certain extent. Um, And so it is a problem. This is very physiologically set. Well, it is, yes. Oh, totally It's not that women are are money grabbing, you no. know, or it, that's not, that's a, that's just a very blunt way of looking yeah. at it. We are attuned physiologically mm-hmm. to select men who will provide for us. Yes. And men are attuned mm-hmm. to, again, physiologically to be attracted to women who are fertile. Yes. Which is why we know all the research that shows that men like women with a, a waistline that has yeah. a differential of X, they've been yes. able to work all that out. That because they're more attracted to them depending bespeaks, on the more fertile time of the month, all of those things. Bespeaks fertility. Yes. Bespeaks health. Yes. So it's not about a conscious decision, mm-hmm. but we are physiologically set and attuned for that. So that's where yeah. the disconnect comes in and obviously if we take it into consideration then um that women like to date across and up and men like to date across and down and it is as simple as that and if the fact that 
twice as many women in the US are graduating from university than men. Now, obviously, we tend to follow those trends very often. Oh, very much so. As a result, yep. a lot of women come to me and they're like, you know, where are all the men? But it is difficult when you're trying to, you know, find a, a particular pool of men. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if everything was average, everything would be a lot easier because there would be no ups or downs. It would all be a level playing field. So it yep. can be. And I think a lot of people don't understand that that's the situation. And, uh, that, and, and there's nothing wrong with them But also, as a result, you I, know. Yeah, and it, also... I think that a lot of people, they're uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with that conversation. I think it's, um, you know, it's not something that's very often talked about in the media. It's not something that's very often talked about. um, Because it's laced with... It's laced with other little, like what do we little need for politically thing? incorrect yeah. things. Can we can't say certain things? But yes. I mean, the reality is, there's probably eight women mm-hmm. for every man that you know that I could we could put together. But yes. there's less so for when you turn it the other way around. Yes. I mean, to find you know for, to find men for a very you know educated, successful woman mm-hmm. of say forty years of age. The, the pool is much less because yeah. men not only not only the, the, the whole point about um, career and all of that but they can they can date women and have relationships with women 10 years and 20 years their junior yeah. quite easily that has not been happening for women but it is changing and here's I had a I did a, a little piece um, on radio the other day about about um, women now dating younger yes and this, of course, will open up the pool a little bit in that you will have greater choice if you're prepared yeah. to date younger men. And and I think that trend is kind of going to happen in order in many ways, sort of almost like demand and supply. I, you know, it's going to force women to think that way, but it's also because they do not need them for security or money. So they're looking for the equality and the fun and the... My, my kind of feeling on that, though, is because mm-hmm. I'm meeting the younger men and yep. I'm asking them what they're looking for and they tend not to be looking for older ladies. So there is the exception to the rule. So my feeling is, what are those younger men looking for the older ladies for? And it tends not to be for a long term relationship with babies. So it's yeah. more on the sexual end. casual side. Like yeah. I would have seen during lockdown, a huge amount of ladies, maybe in their 50s, coming to me saying that they were dating men in their 30s. Yes, I saw a lot of Now, yeah, yeah, there was a lot. And I am, I, you know, then the ladies were shocked as soon as the lockdown lifted and the men disappeared. And why did they disappear? Because now they were kind of going to be under pressure to be going out on dates with these ladies that were yeah. up to 20 years older than them. And mm-hmm. um, so is it that they don't want that or is it that it's not socially acceptable? Or is it not just socially acceptable within their peers? And yeah. it's a question, I suppose, like being comfortable in yourself as well and who you date. Like I've dated significantly older than me um, and I've really enjoyed it. In fact, but would I, you date younger? I have dated younger, but very less. Yeah. I, I, there's a different energy. Different you know? energy, yes. And and I, as I say, I, you know, a few women have said that to me, they wouldn't date younger. But I they, mean a personality energy now, I not know. the other sort of energy. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. The, but the, the, uh, the trend is shifting a little bit. Yes. I mean, you were saying there, you know, we follow the States, but in the States, you know, there's definitely surveys are showing that people are willing to date more. Um, you know, a, a greater band around their years. And uh, I think that will make a difference. And I think it's going to help with the demand and supply issue, yes, if I may say. Absolutely. Um, because men also have had a lot of pressure. If you mm-hmm. if you think about these traditional roads and put them put it back, you know, back on, on their heads, so to speak. 
it ha- you know, we like to think that it's been always going men's way. You know, mm-hmm. women had no power and men had all the power, but men were as thrust into those roles as oh, anyone yeah. else. And we've seen what has happened as men have been able to lift mm-hmm. out of those roles, to be able to become more emotional, be able to say what's on, you know, what's troubling them, being able to spend time with the children when, you know, lockdown and the likes and paternity leave coming in. Men didn't always like the role they had. While women may have got the butt end of it, men didn't always like that role. And they also, you know, their their health showed problems with it because... Uh, now what's happening, as you probably know, you know, that men, men's sort of cardiac rates, yes. they, they are now equalizing with women because we're out in the workplace bringing in the money. We're out there taking so the, the pressure. So there was a lot of pressure on men. I often think, though, it's important to kind of put that in front of people because yeah. women can slightly get, get it into their head that men have had it all and women have had nothing. Now, I mean, of course, there was a power issue, but not mm-hmm. every man you meet. Yeah. You know, the it's general not. and the specific is not quite the same thing. You and I were talking to a lady earlier today and she was saying, like, this lady is a very successful lady. She's her own business and um, would be very well known for what she does. And she yeah. was saying that she has a new partner and it's mm. it, they are the yin and yang of each other. And yes. he's not as ambitious. And as she said herself, I'd love a stay at home husband. And like I come home in the evening and the house is clean and her dinner is made. Mm. And you know what? Isn't it fabulous? And I remember when I was growing up, my mum often said, you know I wish I had a wife yeah. um, now my dad did an awful lot God love him so I'm sure he was disgusted but you know she was out working probably longer hours um, and was a career lady we'll say yeah. and she often said I wish I have had like a traditional wife yeah, who would and back you up and support yeah, you she, and have your clothes sorted? I mean, it. it's pretty nice. That's it. But it's yeah. funny the labels she would have given it, you know. Yeah. And it's but I think it's nice that it, there is no rules. And like that's the thing about dating is there are no rules. And I often say it all, whatever works for the two people. And yeah. so sometimes you know consciously deciding what works for you, what works for your partner, having the conversations and working together. And I think tuning into your prejudice. Yes, because whether we like it or not these roles are changing rather quickly yes and people you know you, you're saying there about this girl who we, we both met earlier today and it was a, a lovely story but what I what I find within the room is often that women are not that comfortable when the roles change mm-hmm. for example the um now you know you could say this is backed up say by stress as well but when the, the say the, the husband loses his job and the roles yeah. change. And we saw a lot of that during lockdown. Or a lot of that. The, you know, they were reduced down to their PPP payment. Was that yeah. what it's called? I can't even remember. I think it was. Yeah, pop, yeah. pop yeah. payment. Pop yeah. payment. That was yeah. it. And they were, their salary was reduced down to that. Yes. And, um, and sometimes then the wife was still working or the lady of the house was still working. Yeah. And so it's crazy, isn't it? How they, that yes. must have been very difficult. Well, very difficult. And at two levels, I've seen the difficulty. One is when, say women that I would meet, they would have in their mind said, well, I'm working, I'm going to be working mm-hmm. now. You know, you know, the children are gone to school, now they, they go back to work. But they're always kind of planning, almost like it's extra in yes. the household. Yes. And so suddenly if that becomes not extra, but rather the main issue, the main breadwinning in the household, mm-hmm. that becomes a huge stress for women. Mm-hmm. And, but I suppose I'm, I always think, well, that is the stress actually that men always carried, yes. which was everything you need for that house. Um, Mm -hmm. A man told me the other day, he said, you know, he'd grown up kind of more, I would say, sort of 20 years previous to me. And he was saying, you know, the stress we used to feel, everything your wife needed, new kitchen, get it. 
new car yeah, get it keeping up and, with Joneses and had to and, and never thought twice about being yes. able to say no or not you know it was just they had to get it and uh, I think it's important not to forget that so when women go into that role and they are the main breadwinner they feel huge stress in this and it's stress that that also impacts their overall well-being so we have to kind of just think about where do we fit in it are we happy with it yes. do we want the traditional or are we happy with this do we find men attractive when they are looking making our dinner for us or do we you know is there something missing is there a disconnect between what we feel we want what we know we want yes and what we kind of should want do you know there's a study done because we're talking about the pressure on men and women depending on on the monetary kind of income basically of a household and um, there's studies that have been done that they say on average married couples earn more money than two single people yes because they first of all hold out they don't because they have the support system they hold out a little bit more to get the job that does pay the little bit they'll stay unemployed another month or two to hold out to get it and yeah. um, they'll also go for the promotions because they kind of have the support system at home and I suppose they the psychological thing support. of go get it go do it you're yes. brilliant you're fantastic they tend to and so there's a lot of studies around that to, mm-hmm. to go forward and um, I myself set up my business when in a relationship and I'd wanted to set up a business for years but while I was single I just wouldn't have had the support system to do that and as soon as I was in a relationship and living in the same house and everything I was like right this is the opportunity I need let's go do this um so I think it does it helps to have this the support as well so um and I'm sure on both sides men and women yeah. That they kind of have and that little that's extra what quality. That's what yes. equality really brings. Yeah. That you are in each other's corner, that you are there for each other, mm-hmm. that you want each person to succeed. Yes. But that's a delicate little now line in relationships. That's a nice, perfect little picket fence relationship there, yeah. you know. I know. Um, when I did set up my business, I think I was supposed to be getting married and having the kids. So that was supposed, that was actually the plan, but I set mm. up the business, you know. Um, but like I think that's great when the person you're with supports your dreams as well and all of it can be done if you wish to do it all Mm. but it's it's having the support the real support there for the longevity of it yeah and I I do think that's that's what for me what I notice in the if you like in my clinical room that is what has changed people do expect that men expect it from women and women expect it from men they expect to be able to follow their dreams they expect to be able to follow their career and together work out when the babies come into play and when the gaps come into play. And I think it's hugely healthy. Um, but what I, where I find the disconnect is in the way we respect those roles and, you know, that the attraction and the, and the fizz between each other stays alive, if you like, while yes. those roles change. Because, because we kind of have an internalised kind of male version of the kind of guy we want and he's not necessarily at the cooker no definitely not you know yeah so there's that has to change and that has to be managed i think very well it takes both strong women and strong men to do it but there's a lot of work to be done in that area and i think i'm just really i suppose i think why i like to talk about it today is it kind of makes people just maybe stop and think am i 
because you will hear very, I will hear very sort of derogatory kind of things being said about men who, who are at home. And yeah. and I'm kind of, I find myself kind of horrified because I feel, well, sorry, isn't this what we wanted? Yeah, you know, I think when... Isn't this what we wanted? So why are we knocking it? Um, <coughs> why are we knocking it then? I think a lot of people that come to me, they have this image of what they're looking for, okay? And I think you should be clear on the type of person you would like to meet because let's face it, at least you know you're in the right direction if that's the mm. case and you'll waste less time with the wrong person. But I think that people need to reevaluate what's important to them. Sometimes I call it the superficial nonsense bullshit. Um, You know, and it really is because some of it can be down to something so ridiculous. Um, And I think we need to really look at what is important. Is it more important? Like we are talking about things like, is it more important if they're taller? Is it really that important if they're taller? Is it that important if they're older? Um, if we're looking at the, the not anymore, not anymore, not, no, and not that's so great. much anymore. You see, I know. And then mm. it's like, why was that? What, like, what mm. was that feeling about? Um, then as well, if you are but that feeling was about strength, yes. about 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 being with the man in your tribe who that's had it. strength and was going to survive, and reproducing and everything and so, like that. So and your so, babies were going to survive, exactly. So, and so if and that, there's the there's the disconnect because yeah. we don't need strength now, we don't. We, but our bodies and our attraction level are still focused on that so that's where we're all getting tripped up you know we're kind of outpacing ourselves with you know with what it's like reevaluating who you are the type of person you'd like to meet or the person that you're with okay Mm -hmm. and I suppose sometimes we can focus on the like even you know there's there's silly kind of jokes sometimes between women about uh, you know size and silly things like that like does it actually all matter like why is this we're just you know, got caught up in this like ongoing joke on different things. Yeah. And it's, is it all relevant? It's not. So it's great. Not as topic. relevant as we think. Exactly. Yeah. It's in us though. And we have to accept yes. that. And if it's not relevant to you, then why is it relevant? Is it relevant to your friends? Like a lot of people say to me, um, I, and obviously they, I, they need to get on with my family and friends. And it's like, why do they need to get on to your family and friends? Are you dating someone for your family and friends? Do you really like all of your friends, husbands or boyfriends? Do you really like all of your family's friends and and partners and everything? Mm. And sometimes you need to look at, and how often do you meet them? Yeah, I know what you're saying. How often do you really meet the people? And yet I would find myself often saying, you know, do listen to other people's view, particularly people who love you, you know, that they can often pick up something that you Mm. might not be, because we've all seen people go headlong into something that's not good for them. It depends on that, okay? But then there's also the side of it, I would get a good few potentially more so ladies that come to me and say I want to meet a particular type of guy because I dated someone in the past and my mum said he wasn't good enough for me or he wasn't Mm. good enough to basically join the family and so from that perspective don't listen to that that stuff so Mm. it's you have to be selective but if it's a case of abuse or anything like that or you know anything more serious yeah yeah. manipulative or something like that but the, the you know research certainly in science tells us that people we are inclined to be attracted to people who are like us. Yes. They um, both not so much look like us, but that remind us of somebody, you know, somebody we love in our life, usually your father. Okay. Um, So much so that I thought this was very interesting. You know, we talk about love at first sight, but, uh, and there is a bit of that. Yes. You know, there is science to back that up, that you see something about that person that makes you feel at home. And that's okay. the love, that's the kind of falling in there, that attraction that is there. And we know that there's, again, a lot of the physiology driving us. 
um, we are, you know, we are also attracted. While they will remind us of loved ones, they w we will also be attracted to better versions of ourselves. Yes, you know that's what that's yeah. what sort of like us, but bigger than, greater than, better than. Yes. There's a bit of that goes on. And subconsciously, of course, our hormones draw us to different kinds of people. Well, that's the pheromones. So, Which is yes. so interesting. So basically, and you have pheromones, I have pheromones. So everybody you meet has pheromones. Yes. And essentially what happens is they bounce off each other. Now, they're normally omitted around knee level. Yep. Um, and it's a scent. And what happens is essentially when you meet someone, your, your, your pheromones bounce off each other. And they're trying to figure out that if you were to have babies, would they have a diverse gene pool? That's is pheromones and it's yeah. also why very interesting sometimes you're attracted to somebody that you you know or you're not attracted to someone that you think you really would like to be attracted to because they might but take a lot not. of your box but you're not and yes. then sometimes you're attracted to someone that you definitely shouldn't be yeah and there's just something there there's something there yeah. yep but um and so here's the one about um that i thought was very interesting when we say people are attracted to somebody like their father and and the likes yes but uh, one study found that women like men who smell like their father. Oh, wow. Okay. And I think most women would acknowledge yes. privately that that's, yes. that's something they notice. Yeah, they might about do. Men. But is yeah. that, see then, right, your genes are probably going to want to meet someone similar to yourself. And like in fairness, apparently the opposite. Apparently are, oh, we have different immune systems. Okay. So there's sort of different immune responses. Yes. So now we're not scientists here. I'm just giving you what I can pick up myself, yeah, you know? know, but I think it's very, I've always found that very interesting because mm -hmm. you will always hear people talk about who they're attracted to and how, mm -hmm. what that was like. And you know, that beginning and Nine times out of ten, they'll say, you know, that the person reminded them of, of somebody. someone. So if we were to summarize kind of what we've looked at today, I, I think it is that roles have, have changed and they've changed very quickly. Yes. With the, you know, with divorce, I mean, people stayed together until they died. Yeah. Until divorce came into play. And this has opened up a world of choice for people who are in unhappy, bad marriages, bad selections. Mm-hmm. Easiest thing in the world to do. I have people in with me every day giving out to themselves for making bad choices. And I always say to them, it is so easy to make a bad choice. Yes. Do not give out to yourself. Often it take, can take five years to work out that this person actually is not right for you. So don't feel, don't feel guilty and don't feel bad. So I think that roles have changed. The world has changed very quickly in a uh, and, and that 30 years is a very short time. So what we've been trying to look at is how does that bear on us? How does that bear on the, the kind of problems that people come with, the kind of difficulties that people have in relationships? And the things that I see are that, and I suppose what we've tossed between us here, mm -hmm. is that people struggle a little bit when the roles are changing. They still want something that's old fashioned. Yes. But they kind of feel very modern in another way. So there is a kind of a disconnect between desire and and reality, if you like. And the other is then that sometimes the roles are thrust upon people. They are, they're changed quickly and dramatically through loss of work, you know, made redundant. And suddenly the woman becomes the breadwinner in the home when perhaps that was never the plan. They bring different and specific stresses. It, and then it impacts the kinds of relationships that people really want now. And you need to be, you need to not listen to your instinct as much when it comes to that and start thinking it out in a conscious way. Yeah, I think it's a very, um, 
difficult topic to describe because there's so many layers to it. A lot of people that come to me for matchmaking, obviously, uh, ladies especially, they're, they're unsure of really what they're looking for. They want to be treated like... Um, you know, completely equal, but they don't want to be treated completely equal because they want to be treated like a lady. They want to make sure that the man absolutely understands who they are and um, all that they've achieved. But they also, again, want to be treated like the lady. And so very often what I have to say to ladies and, and the men that are coming to me as well, like, if I'm very honest, the men that come to me, it doesn't matter what walk of life they are, they don't really care what job the lady does. Yeah. They really don't care. I hear more often once they're happy in their job is actually more important than the job that they do. I often hear things as well like um, it, they are looking for someone that's a little bit more chilled out. They're not looking for someone that's, you know, they're not don't they're working all day and work. OK, yeah. they don't want to compete with Steve from their office. So they don't want that level of competition and at everything home. at home. They don't. They are looking for like ladies that are kind. They are looking for ladies that are feminine. They are looking for ladies that can also maybe not a homemaker, but they can make their house a home instead of just a house. And so that's the traditional stuff that's still coming through. And they men. And that's it for men. And yeah. they still value the lady and her career, but they don't care what it is. Yeah. And realistically, you know, if I'm introducing a guy to two different ladies, one of them is a CEO of a company and the other is not a CEO of a company, I, I think they would bra- rather pick the lady that's not the CEO of a company. Whereas the opposite way around when it comes to ladies dating, they would like to meet a gentleman that... Um, has achieved something in their in their career, um, is good at something. It's kind of like the Olympic kind of effect for men, you know. Um, and, you know, what are the things they're looking for? Every lady says to me they'd like to meet someone with a good sense of humour. So they don't want a guy that's going to be manipulative or controlling, but they do want a man with a good strength of character, consistency. Those sort of things yeah. are more important. So yes, the traditional roles are still there. If I think of kind of what they're ideally looking for. They're both looking to be respected, to be heard, um, to be considered. Um, you know, as we talked about already with power, that they are perceived that they have some level of power with over their life. Those things are more important really than the day-to-day, what they do, how much money they earn. But it's it's really, we are really in this middle kind of generational thing. Yes. We're only one generation from, if you think of all the years before us, as to women's place in society. And it, of course, it's going to be difficult for both men and women. And I think that's what you've highlighted there, is that it's on both sides. Yes. Men are still looking for, they respect you with your yes. new career. They respect your independence. They like it. They enjoy yeah. it but they don't want to be overpowered by it. And they so don't want to hear the day-to-day. There's a hangover yeah. effect. They still like the, the traditional. Women too. We your Women love the fact that they have their own career and they're able to work yeah. in all sorts of spheres and correctly so and all of that. But they still want a man that is strong and that mm-hmm. they can feel feminine with. And yeah. it's this disconnect that's going on. And I find it's everywhere. In my work with with couples and with people. Do you think then to an extent this comes back to communication? Like I think it comes back to when starting as you mean to go on. So when you meet the person first, okay, realizing that they want to be with you, not your career and what you've achieved. Um, second of all, when you meet, when you're with somebody, 
hearing them and seeing them as a person as opposed to the things that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the day-to-day, the day-to-day is important. I actually read something uh, only in the last 24 hours. It said, on average, married couples spend between one and two hours together each day. The rest of it, they're at work, they're doing all sorts of things. So how do you spend that one to two hours? Is he in on the computer and you're watching a movie or are you together during that time? And if you think of that, what do you, what does that one to two hours on average each day, what does that look like? Yeah. When, when you look yeah. at it. I have to say, when I think about um, the traditional roles and as you've put them, as we've kind of put them together there, I just think, bear in mind, we can't outpace evolution no. that quickly and we've got to be a little gentle with ourselves and with our partners mm-hmm. that we're all we all have a lot more choice than we've than our parents and our grandparents and we all that choice brings with it some confusion yeah. and so step gently and carefully with that both in terms of what you want yourself and what you really expect from your partner it's also they have their own confusion with this role change yeah. that's where i see the the difficulties and the challenges if you like right now great thank you stephanie thank you marate 